hello, hello. Hugh, welcome back. Hello, it's good to be back. How are you? Thanks for asking. I am really good. Excited to be back in the recording chairs with you. And the recording studio that is, yeah, the sitting room. It looks great. It is. And it's a very different scene now that we're recording in October than when we last recorded in August. That is very true. New location, new setup, new kit. Hopefully you can notice the difference in quality. We'll see. Yeah. Well, the nice thing is we are back with our regular mics. So hopefully quality is grade A. And I've told the listeners that we have also moved recently. So how are you liking the new setup? The new setup's pretty good. Um, my first time living in Bronte, my first time uh, living with a partner. So I'd say that's pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's, it's a great setup. Uh, the design features are a bit more uh, chosen from your end, I think, but that I thoroughly enjoy. I didn't realize that you can make things look as nice as they do. Oh, well, thank you very much. We've had a lot of fun decorating and moving has been a bit of a whirlwind, but we are excited to talk a little bit about not moving, but we're going to talk a little bit about the preparation for our trip to Europe, which we have been preparing for a really long time. Now that we are home and we're back, we're going to have some more episodes on the different locations that we went to. But today we thought it would be a good idea to start with a little bit of what it's like to travel with your partner and what the preparation looked like for this trip, because it was a pretty long journey to get ready for this trip, to plan it. And it is also, it's not our first trip that we planned together, which is really great. So we planned other trips together, but we were talking and I think that there's some things that we've really nailed down in terms of planning trips together that I think that we should share with the listeners. 100%. I don't think uh, anyone here has found a scenario where it's absolutely seamless from day one. I think at the build-up, it's clarifying a number of different areas as to what kind of holiday you want at the very foundation of everything. But no, I've, I've really enjoyed always organizing different holidays with you. We've had a number of very different ones. It hasn't just been, you know, beach and sunshine. It's been a lot of action and adventure as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to get stuck in and kind of feel from your side how you might have previously organized trips with friends or what were kind of the main areas for you that are the most important when it comes to thinking about a trip in advance? Yeah, I think... Well, we've had a trip to Europe last year, and that today we're going to talk a little bit about our trip to Europe, but mostly the Italy portion. And so we had our trip to Europe last year. We both had individual trips, so we really didn't do too much of that trip together. So we only had a pretty short overlap. But this year we were planning a trip to Italy, and we were doing that together, and we are also meeting up with your family. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, but Italy is one of those places that there's so much information on, it's it's really information overload when it comes to trying to plan a trip. So I've planned trips before in the past, but I actually found that planning this trip to Italy, it was a bit similar to Greece where you have to really plan for an advance, but we had to be really in sync with what we wanted to do and know exactly what we wanted to go in to do because there's so much you can get distracted at every every turn. 
completely agree italy is one of those places where everyone knows everyone loves it it's got the most incredible places to go and visit but there's 18 different holidays you can take in one when you go to italy so i definitely reckon our approach to it was a little bit different even individually I have been to Italy a good few times before, spent a bit of time there um, when my dad was over there. But for you, it was important that we met in the middle when it came to all of the amazing things you were studying and seeing, and also what I hadn't also experienced as well. We wanted as much of it to be new for the both of us, whilst also taking the satisfaction of me being able to potentially take you to a few places that I'd been to as well before. Yeah, 100%. So I think in terms of starting out, when we think about us planning this trip, I think the first thing to think about is what's important to all people planning the trip. I think it gets really complicated when you get really large groups. But for us, we were really clear at the beginning and we sat down and had a conversation of what's more important, what's most important to you. You had said that you really want to spend some time in Rome and that was really important that we we spent time in Rome and had a good couple of days there. For me, I had spent almost all COVID daydreaming about the Amalfi Coast. So I really wanted to go there and I wanted to experience what that was like. And then on top of that, we had also some point pretty early on included the idea that we wanted to include your parents and your family as try to overlap with them somewhere, whether that was in Italy or somewhere else. That was really cool. So we had three main bubbles of what we wanted to incorporate in the trip. And so when we went to start incorporating it, we had to really think through how we were going to plan this to hit Rome, hit the Amalfi Coast and meet your parents somewhere. Definitely. And I think establishing a bit of groundwork without getting too specific, because at the end of the day, it's a holiday and I feel that a lot of people enjoy things differently. You know, a lot will go into it and it's a bit of a day-to-day, what are we going to do versus you've got those who've planned it three months in advance. And I think equally, everyone has the most incredible time. For us, because we had those different bubbles, it was really important to establish when, where and what we were going to do and also what we were trying to prioritize. Like it was, you know, I'm more orientated on holidays to do quite a lot of, action and adventure getting out and about and making sure that you know when it comes to even the touristy things experiencing that too i think it is so fun and amazing to go look at a piece of history which italy has endless amounts of amazing history um and i know you're really really interested in that as well but there also needs to be a bit of time where we relaxed i mean in hindsight i don't actually think we relaxed amalfi definitely didn't provide that for us but what did the relaxation was the time with my family as well so it was really cool to have those three different bubbles and then try and establish like what we wanted within that time was it action adventure was it chill out was it experiencing new things at the same time together yeah and i think you're you're touching on something that i think is really important and we we did talk a lot about at the beginning was also and we've talked about this before what type of holiday or are you? Are you someone that's, you know, knee deep in the the adventure, the action? 
Are you someone that likes to be more relaxed on the beach? Are you someone that likes to do shopping or history or what type of traveler are are you and, and how that ties into what you want to see? And I think that if we rewind a little bit, when we started this trip, the first dependency I think we had established was when are your parents and your family going to be able to make it over? And so from what I remember, and we actually started planning this, we started talking about it in January of this year. So nine months prior to sending off, we started planning this trip. And we started, you started talking to your parents, started going back and forth with the idea. And once we established what their plan was, then we worked our plan around that. And I think that that was really helpful because it was the main variable that was, you know, we we had to be dependent on whatever they were going to be doing and, and where they were going to be. And once we had that established, then we were able to to get organized and start planning the rest of the trip, which in hindsight, it's only it was only 10 days or yeah, just not not even 10 days, eight days. It was only eight days prior to when we met up with them. But for how much we had to plan, it felt like a lot. <laughs> it felt like a month, exactly. And in regard to that initial point of figuring out the timeline, obviously it's a pretty simple step when you think of it, but actually it ends up being quite tricky if you've got a few different variables involved. So I think that in regard to the family side that ended up working super well fortunately my parents were able to find this place and it just ended up being up in a place called Luca which was near to Florence and it was the most unbelievable villa um, props to mum but then also figuring out how much time we wanted to spend in each location where we wouldn't have to leave feeling like there was still things left to do when it came to I don't know the tourist side or you know even relaxing. Yeah. And it's interesting, right? When it comes with the time that we spend in each location, and this this kind of comes down to what, what type of traveler you are as well. We had decided on three nights in Rome, and then we would leave on the, the fourth morning. And then we spent two nights in three different locations each on the Amalfi. And coming up with this, I think, was the hardest part of the whole trip because we had what you wanted and thought was really important and were really invested in. We had Rome. We were going to land there. It made sense for us to do a couple of days there, get adjusted, see Rome, and then go from there. And then we had six, seven days that we needed to figure out on the Mafi. And I think that was the most difficult part because then we were meeting up with your parents. So we kind of have our two two main bubbles accounted for. But what we were going to do on a Mafi, I thought was really difficult because one, if you haven't been to the Amafi before or you're not super familiar with it, with which I wasn't at all before we went on this trip either, I thought the Amafi was Positano and <laughs> the surrounding beaches and that was it and there wasn't really much more but it's actually you know the whole coastline of the Amalfi coast is made up of what five towns um maybe even more for including these these really small towns and so it's made up of these these towns when we went to plan the trip we were looking at a number of different locations and starting in Salerno 
And there are a lot of mixed reviews about Salerno. We actually heard a lot of mixed reviews from people on our trip. But then there's a series of towns that are moving up uh, the Amalfi Coast that make up the Amalfi Coast. So ones um, that most notable ones are Amalfi, there's Ravello, and then there's Positano um, in addition to Salerno. But there's a couple other smaller ones. And it's so much that it's difficult to figure out where to stop and how long to stop for because I read really conflicting opinions online. And I think that this really gets at one of the biggest challenges of planning this trip was how much information there was and how strong opinions people have about traveling to Italy and what you need to do. So you would read one thing here, someone would talk to you and be like, no, you spend the whole time in X spot or just do two spots or whatnot. And so I found that really difficult. But what was your insights into how we ended up picking the locations that we had picked? Well, I think it's funny because the research piece is crucial. It is really, really hard to do. And actually, you know, we've experienced places together, which is there's some that we've been to where there's very, very little information available. So you are kind of just hellmaring it when it comes to figuring out what you're going to do, where you're going to stay, everything like that. But Italy, especially the Amalfi, you know, it's glorified across the world as being one of the most beautiful places in the world. And so when you come to it, how do you access the right information to get what you want from the trip? And as much as I hate to admit this, the most useful portal that we found for research was TikTok. And I cannot believe <laughs> that I'm saying that because I have not really ever been a strong has advocate a of TikTok. TikTok. Vendetta. It's not necessarily it's a vendetta. I just, uh, I, I'm probably too old for my age in the way that when i look up traveling oh, it's it's like guidebooks and it's you know says the of... only gen z on the pod <laughs> but it's, i i normally get most of my information from you know Ex the guidebooks or, or no not encyclopedia <laughs> it, yeah it's it's off a few different things and i am normally looking just online at guides at everything like that and even just using google maps or something i find really interesting but tiktok i against my will started looking when you looked and i in fairness could not believe the level of information and advice that it had from people who'd been there all fulfilled in small clips obviously it's tiktok but i found that incredible even you know when i was planning the rome portion it was a lot of it came from various tiktok uh recommendations that i'd seen so the research piece i would definitely say is critical what it did really well was you could actually pinpoint how long they recommended staying in each location, which was super useful for us when we were trying to plan the timeline of the trip because it ended up showing you, you know, not only the places that you should visit, we'll get into all of that, but it it actually was, you know, giving you recommendation on how many days, you know, Rome, how many days do you really need? Amalfi Coast, is it worth just going down for two days? No, it needed a longer period of time there. So for us, I think it was a really good value add because it, there aren't actually that many parts online 
that really gave you an in-depth guide as to how long you should spend in each location. Not that, you know, there should be a timeline on it, but it helped us figure out what we wanted from the trip. Yeah, of course. And I think realistically, you know, you do have to have a timeline, but TikTok did this really well. And and like I said, there's so much information because not only are we looking at social media and stuff, but everyone has seems to have been to Italy, right? So everyone has an opinion on where you should be going, how long you should stay there. And that is is kind of difficult to weed through. So what was really helpful for us on TikTok was going, visually seeing little videos and clips, hearing people talk about their experience, but it was really fast and easy. Whereas when I had first started, before we had started using TikTok, I was reading through blogs and you know Instagrams and trying to search hashtags for different locations. And it was taking me forever, to be honest. And I was getting a little bit, uh, you know, just kind of a little bit just disoriented in terms of what direction to go to really understand how to plan the best trip. But I do think that we really nailed it. And I think that we nailed it for your first trip to the Amalfi Coast. So I was really, really proud of how we we came to plan this trip. And so when it comes to the locations, I found this video and I pulled you over and was like, let look at this video because Basically, it was this Italian woman. She was talking about three, two places that you have to visit on the Amalfi Coast that are on everyone's stop list. And that one was Vietre Sumar and Ravello. And both of those turned out to be absolutely phenomenal. I mean, two of our favorite places on the trip, I think. Two of our favorite places ever. I'd put it up there. It was, yeah, Ravello in particular just... If you have the opportunity to go there, I, I'll build on that in a bit. But it's it it took my breath away, and it is one of the most beautiful places in the world. It should not be underestimated when people say how beautiful the Amalfi Coast is. I feel Ravello's uh, iridescent of that. It's amazing when you look at things from up in the cliffs down towards these amazing towns. Um, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it's it's really lovely, and I can't wait to get into each of the the stops that we had, but. When we had watched this video, we had done some more research on Beatrice Silmar and Ravello. We saw that they were, we could basically make our way from Salerno. Yep. Salerno to... to Salerno and Sorrento is the, is the difficult one. I know. Salerno's on one side, Sorrento's on the other. But no, you, you're getting it right. From Salerno, I'm worried that we're going to find out after this that it's Sorrento. <laughs> that from Salerno to Beatrice Silmar, which is what we had found out a 10 minute bus ride from one another. Um, and then from Beatrice Sumar, it's a, you know, hour ferry to Amalfi. And then from Amalfi, you can go up to Ravello. So we had the two nights each in both of those places. We filled up that week and we ended with the weekend in Positano. So the actual structure of it turned out to be flawless, but the next phase of the planning after we figured out where we were going to go is how we were going to plan this between the two of us. And so with you and I, this is our fourth kind of bigger trip that we planned, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And we actually do it pretty pretty evenly every time. But what do you think of our, our arrangement and how we, how we plan? Well, I definitely think with an arrangement, it's so important to register 
what people what people's strengths are but more importantly what they're passionate about you know you have a let's say you're organizing it with your partner or you're organizing it with a few friends it figure out during that early process what everyone actually really cares about there'll be some who prioritize booking accommodation uh, when it comes to where they're staying what place they want to be staying at that for some is the biggest priority of them all for others this is using myself as an example the focus is on the day-to-day like what are you doing when it comes to in the mornings and the afternoons are there particular activities tourist spots you want to visit you know that that's really what i'm passionate about that's what a lot of people are passionate about and then there'll also be those who as we mentioned earlier deal with holidays differently or view holidays differently some do just want to relax so you need to find the mix and what's going to work for everyone but more importantly position people with the responsibility of what they want to organize as well yeah and i think we so we are planned our first international trip last well the early part of last year and they I didn't actually have a lot of experience traveling with a partner and I've I've tried with a couple of friends about our system and and some people have, have actually said oh that's actually a pretty good system so I think it's worth explaining for people how we divide and conquer so we usually do a couple of things One is I really love to do the logistics. So the transport, the flights, um, the transfers uh, (laughs) and the and the accommodation. I really enjoy booking both of those. I really like to know where we're staying, how we're getting there. And I really like to do all the logistics but the day to day. And if you've ever traveled with me and I know one of my friends in particular, it is so much I can do, you know, the car rentals, whatever it might be. I'll do the driving. I'm so happy to do that. But when it comes to the day to day, I am, I'm just kind of happy to get there and figure it out. I'm not much of a planner with the day to day, but you are. And that's such a strength of yours. And so it really complements each other really nicely. But then on top of that, we selected uh, areas and we did this last time where you will select, you in this case, selected Rome. So you did the four days in Rome and then I did the five, six days in Amalfi. But we, we both kind of worked through those together, of course, but took the lead on finding places to stay and stuff. And you actually did the the, the where to stay in Rome even though I booked, I had as to, difficult as it was for you to let go of it. I yeah. try to have some opinions. Yeah, the opinions were maybe ignored, but I think <laughs> it turned out all right. No, I think definitely it's it's a really good mixture of you find what people care about, really, or what people what's important to them. So, or like to add to that, what's not important to them? Like I have friends too that don't want to play any part in planning any of it, and that's also totally fine. Yeah, like I think. But it's most important not to assume that everyone either wants to be involved or wants to not be involved and to what degree, right? Because some people like me, I feel really, it makes me pretty uneasy to let someone plan a full trip. You you might know. Yes, yes, I do. But anyway, that's a story <laughs> for another time. Uh, it's yeah, it's really good when you find a good combination with friends or partners or family. Um, just having people in charge of different aspects of it, 
and exactly figuring out what's not important to some people. You know, for me, the flights, I so long as it was, you know, cheap enough, I, I was more than happy to to set to give you the wings, pardon the pun. And I yeah, really found that when it came to owning a certain location, especially if you're going on a multi city holiday or multi location holiday, that's really nice as well because you can hand over some of the responsibility but also you still have some level of discretion when it comes to what you're trying to do in each place. Yeah, 100%. And I I also think that when you are dividing out kind of where to to stay and and uh, you know who's going to do what, it is really important to make sure that you have these conversations before you start planning. That's what we did when we first planned our first trip last year, early last year. I remember it so vividly. We sat down and just talked all things. What do you want to do? Where do we want to go? How do we want to structure this? And just had a bit of a debrief. And I think it's easier said than done when you have a big group of people. But as long as it's, you know, just a couple people, it's so worth opening that conversation and having that conversation because especially when you go international, it it can get really convoluted. People, as as Luke and I talked about in our last episode, people are spending their own money, their own time. They're taking time off these holidays. You know, you want to make sure it's also representative of how people want to spend that time. And it's a good compromise for for everyone if it needs to be. Definitely. I Having the debrief up front definitely helped us. I couldn't recommend it enough, particularly because... I might be wrong in this, but normally the girls involved might be slightly more dedicated towards the research piece earlier than the guys will. And that's a mass generalization. It's probably just me. But yeah, before you get too stuck into figuring out these amazing accommodations, I think that, yeah, it's it's important to establish what each other's going to do. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think... Moving on from, so we've talked a little bit about how we we initially, when we started planning this trip, what we went through at the initial phases, we have our locations down, we divided the the trip and the structure. And then the next part of this was nailing down the budget. And <laughs> oh. <laughs> the budget, the sexiest word in the English dictionary budget <laughs> budget <laughs> um so with this we have always done a really good job on and i i have just i think that we've nailed it in terms of budget and this is added in there with early conversations and this one i think is really well i think it's simple in terms of where you're staying right because you know, everyone kind of books their own flights. Even then, you know, you kind of want to know maybe how expensive everyone or how much people are willing to pay. But the part where it becomes the most critical and obviously adds up and accommodation these days has skyrocketed is the budget, the the nightly budget. And this is something that we definitely had to go back and forth on a little bit because some of the budgets in some of the places were a bit more than what made sense in a regular world. <laughs> and um, and so it was it was difficult. I thought that this one 
was good though. We had great conversations about it each time, but the budget cannot be overlooked. And I think this is where a lot of people really falter in how to have this conversation because people are insecure talking about finances and and money. But this is one thing that we made such a point about doing in, at the beginning of every one of our trips. And we've successfully financially navigated for international or not, well, not all international, but um, a number of trips together. Yeah, look, it's it's tricky. And at the end of the day, discussing finances with your partner, for some people, it's really easy. For other people, it's harder. I think with friends, same thing. But it's so, so useful to do. Um, God, I mean, one, my expectation was, if we're thinking about Italy as the example, I could not believe, having some initial looks, how expensive a few of the places were. I also, you know, you start to get a warped uh, image of what a cheap location might look like. You know, am I going to walk into yeah. a room full of mold? So the yes. price, the price, and, and we did. But it's, yeah, it's it's an interesting one when a lot of people don't talk about it and you just kind of book it. And then it means that you literally have zero money available for your day to day. And look, that's okay if you're just trying to chill, but it also can cause a lot of frustration between people if you know you're just going well i simply don't have the money for this so trying to think about you know put the hard yards in early as with anything and have the conversation up front and at least then whoever's in charge of the accommodation has a realm that they can work within rather than just kind of playing the guessing game and having to produce three options per night to see what people decide upon yeah i think that's it's a really good point. And something that I'll point out that we did with some friends last year is also divide and conquer, right? If some people's budget per night is 500 and some people's budget per night is 200, then there is an option to stay at different places as well. And that's actually what we did on a trip last year. Me and another friend, we stayed at a place that was a little bit cheaper because we were traveling for longer. So we didn't want to pay as much as the others per night. And the others stayed per night. We met up during the day and in the night, like had a great time and we just weren't sleeping in the same place. And of course, I think, you know, maybe then there's a bit of sense of, you know, what if you miss out and whatnot. But I also think that that's an option and it's a really realistic option because then the people who have the lower budget don't have to feel obligated to pay outside of their means. And the people who have a higher budget don't have to worry about sacrifice saying staying somewhere that they might not you know feel comfortable staying because again you know, it comes back down to it's everyone's time off and everyone's paying for the trip and want to experience things uh you know you, you don't want people to have to to overly sacrifice uh, either way so i think that that worked really well but i will say with with our trip like there was one place that i i wanted to go to positano and the accommodation is just obscene in Positano. It's incredibly expensive to stay in Positano. And you and I had chatted when we looked at the prices about what if we don't stay in Positano. However, I had watched a number of TikToks that said Positano is its best in the evening and in in the night, and it is worth staying there. And the good news is they were right because I feel like I loved Positano in the evening. It was so lovely. 
all the tourists from the day had left. It was really relaxing. There's a beautiful breeze, beautiful views, absolutely stunning. And it was a bit more expensive. So we had a conversation about that. And sometimes when these things come up, if it's something I feel really strongly that I want to do, then we'll split it a little bit less than equal, which I think is also an option, right? Like it's not fair, you know, if your budget is X and, you know, we decide on X, but then there's some place that I'm like, oh, but this would mean a lot to me to stay here for me to also put you in a position of, we'll raise your your nightly budget. So I think that we navigated that pretty well. And I think that that's also something that is important to have in conversations either way, if there's something that's really important to one person or the other, how can you also accommodate that too? It's staying flexible. Definitely. I, I think that w- that's a great example because to be honest, from my old style guidebooks, I'd been told that I, you know, you didn't need to stay in Positano. It was great for a day trip, but again, our research was different and I knew how passionate you were about it. So it's going in with an open mind when it comes to the main point of where people disagree and not even disagree but have different thoughts and ideas towards what their holiday looks like staying flexible and figuring out a resolution is so so critical and probably not what a lot of people do it's either a flat yes or no but it doesn't have to be that black or white using positano as the example you know, you were so passionate about going there and I wasn't simply going to say no just because my uh, budget wasn't necessarily sticking to what Positano could provide. As context, it's an unbelievable place. I'm sure we could have our own full podcast on that kind of location. It's unbelievable. Okay, well, there we will. Coming (laughs) soon. But it's it i didn't want it to yeah you'd have to sacrifice something you were really passionate about so we were able to have a really good conversation about it you found a great location um in positano or monte patuso to be precise Mm -hmm. just above positano and yeah you were happy because you were so keen on it to pay a little bit more in that instance and what goes around comes around but i really appreciated the fact that you know, hopefully with your partner or your friends and fam, you can have that kind of conversation. Yeah. Well, I think too, just to add, it it didn't mean as much to you. You know, you you were really fine to go there for a day trip. And I think that we reached a really great conclusion of it meant more to me, but there was going to be some sort of, you know, cost difference, right? Like making sure you were able to stay in the the nightly budget and in whatever kind of over that, you know, um, I could, I could cover for, for this because I was one really pushing it. So I think that that's really made me feel in really able to, to also see what was really important to me. And again, we have had this conversation, right? You know, Rome was really important to you. Positano specifically was important to me. It also was my birthday weekend. So I really wanted to be there for my birthday. And we were able to make it all happen, which which I'm really grateful for. So when you're booking these things, it doesn't need to be, uh, like you said, a yes or no. It can be more of a conversation, a discussion, but it's all going to come back to what's important to that person traveling and understanding that so that you can know where to spend or know where to spend a bit more time on the conversations and navigate those according to what means most to each other. 
Definitely. Completely agree. I think that it's a big piece of the puzzle that people miss as well. You know, it's it's a blanket statement. No, I don't want to do that. It's understanding why and also hearing and listening to the other person is, or the other people as to why it's important to them. So, no, it's it's an easy conversation to navigate, but it's not something I think I have done forever. Uh, and I don't think it's a thing that a lot of people do. So it, it's a really good part to add for the planning phase. Yeah, I think so. The last piece of this really came together a couple months in of us planning the trip. And this was how we were going to stay organized in everything that we were booking. This really, again, it really piled up, right? We had to book a lot of trains. We had to book some transfers. We had to book some, we ended up having to book some ferries there, which we didn't book ahead of time, but we did book on site. We had different accommodation. We had some activities during the day and this was really was a lot. And I actually think that we found a way to make it work this time. We had had other organization strategies in the past, but this all came down to another TikTok purchase, <laughs> which, which we ended up using. And I had basically seen on TikTok these awesome, incredible women who make these travel itineraries uh, or itinerary sheets. And basically you can input everything in there. And this is such a major key whenever you're planning a trip with anybody else, because when you're planning different days, everyone's information is only in their information. And you and I were forwarding emails back and forth to each other and screenshots back and forth and confirming and reconfirming. And we had purchased flights separately. So, you know, it was like also just double checking every couple of months, just making sure we we're on the same flight. And that was a really big turn in this trip. And I really felt with this trip, there was just no ability for you to manage a trip like this without having a really clean travel spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> Again, moving to the really sexy stuff of uh, a holiday organization, spreadsheets, spreadsheets. <laughs> um, but budget and spreadsheets, some very sexy words being included. But This is a hot podcast. It is a very hot podcast. I think that, yeah, the spreadsheet was super helpful. I <laughs> was just kind of thinking of making my own, but in fairness to um, these people, shout out if you know their names, but I I definitely found it super useful. You just pop it in because it's Google Sheet. It means that multiple people can access it at the same time. It just made life really easy. And yeah, look, this is very much a podcast where there'll be some people who just don't agree with anything that's been mentioned. But I actually don't think I could move away from the process that we've now built up because going back to that Google Sheet, it just centralizes everything. It makes things really, really easy for you to understand what's going on. And it just saves so much time and effort front up because you just have all of it in front of you in a single place. Yeah. Well, and too, when it comes to booking, if you think of all the layers, right, you have hotels, you have transport, you potentially that includes transfers, ferries, you have activities you're going to do on the day and other uh, in restaurant bookings, 
it's a lot to keep track of, especially if that's just one day. And so we really found this when we were going to book some activities and then we were trying to book restaurants. It was, it was really culminating to be, you know, information was everywhere. And I think that this process, and you're so right, like maybe someone's listening and they're like, this is way too much. I'm just going to wing it. That's totally fine. But this, I think, allowed us to really focus on the trip. And I think that that's the main point in this, in that every trip we've had, we haven't been scrambled for information. We haven't forgot to book anything. We haven't been confused about where we're going or what time we're leaving. We've had everything, especially for this trip, in one place. We had the same information and it was really seamless. So it's not the sexiest topics, but I think it makes the trip sexy. You know, it makes it this relaxing, refreshing, you know, exciting trip where you get to explore and focus on the exploring. And I think that with all travel, it is a lot of work to put together these trips. You know, this is why there are travel agents out there. <laughs> it's, it is literally some people's full-time jobs because there's so much to do. But I think that when you're doing it on your own and with your partner, especially, you know, the one person you're spending so much time with, if you can nail down a couple of, of the things that we've talked about, you will really ensure that you're able to actually switch off on the trip, which is what we all want to do. You know, like no one wants to be booking flights mid trip or, you know, doing transfers or whatnot or, or anything like that. So yeah, I think that with this spreadsheet, it's helped us keep really organized. I mentioned on the podcast too, we're going to New York. So that's actually on our, our near term agenda is to create the spreadsheet because we're going in a couple of months. The flights are booked, but that's, that's about it. Um, and accommodation. Uh, <laughs> flights and accommodation are booked. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, to, to fill it out, because we're going with a couple other people on this one. So this is actually our first trip where we're actually going for, well, we've gone to another trip with, with other, another couple of friends, but not as long as we will be going on this next trip. So we'll have other people joining, uh, in different parts and everyone, and this has actually been really fun for that trip. Uh, the other people joining one being my sister and <laughs> the other being, uh, you and a few nice friends, Rob with them joining, like they've all reached out and been like, Hey, like we have some ideas where to go. Uh, have we booked restaurants? What do we want to do? And the immediately it was like, no problem. Let's get the, the spreadsheet updated. So everyone can put their thoughts in as well. Because I think that again, we want to get at this, you know, when we're traveling with people, get out this inclusive, but understanding what everyone wants to get out of it and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I think, and it's, it's awesome. I think the organization piece allows for one thing, which I wanted to mention before we finish, which is the organization upfront also allows for the most wonderful spontaneity. I think, you know, every trip, yes, there's the relaxation piece, but there's also the surprise and excitement of experiencing new things. And a lot of that can be, due to trying something entirely different or making a quick decision off the spot. So for us to have such a great list of knowing each night and having the peace of mind of where we were going to be and where we were going to stay, having the structure built around it of some of the major things we were going to do as part of those days, it allowed us to then have time 
to actually make random choices and have the best time. You know, we met up with a few people on the trip um, who were some of the most awesome people we've ever met. And we ended up having dinners with them. And we actually had your birthday dinner with some new friends of ours as well. And what it did was just created this amazing atmosphere of comfort in knowing where you were going to be, but also fun in looking forward to something that you had no idea that was going to happen. Yeah, 100%. I love that that piece. And I think that we've really encapsulated that because there's a really good dynamic of we're really organized leading up to it and leave also enough time to have new plans. It's not too structured. It's not overly structured. And that leaves room for us to have these adventures that are, are spontaneous. I think that the last thing that I was going to ask was out of our structure and everything we've talked about today, what would you do differently leading up to a trip and planning a trip? What should we change and implement for next trip? It's a very good question. Um, I think... Let's get some reflection here. Let's get some reflection. I think that the timeline is important to understand from both sides. Um and establishing different goals within different timelines. Like you are amazing when you create this entire logistical masterpiece. But then also once you've done that, because you're so engaged in it, it also means that the other pieces of the puzzle sometimes come along a bit quicker than maybe I might plan in advance. So one thing I would have worked on between us would have been figuring out that game point of like, all right, this week we're going to, organize this and i i definitely think that the only times we were kind of jokingly teasing each other was when we both were trying to do different things or organize different things at the same time like just figure out when that time is going to be and you'll be sweet as yeah i think we we did struggle like i would be yeah, planning something and trying to grab your attention it would be late you wouldn't be as gauge in it, or you were also looking up something totally different. So we're side by side looking up different things. What we we need to do about our job before the next trip is get hour and a half, two hours, you know, once a month. <laughs> Jesus. For those who can't see, which is everyone other than our cat Nusa, uh, he was making a really surprised face at me. <laughs> and yes, that's the first mention of Nusa on the pod. Um, Nusa's our lovely ragdoll that uh, is here with us as well. Uh, but I mean, maybe it's not that long, but some dedicated time to sit down like have dinner and crush through some of the planning. We did it really sporadically in this trip and we, and that I think made it more stressful because we would only have these bits and pieces and then some things would go a bit too long without being booked like reservations. And then by the time we went to book them, they were all booked out and other things we booked really far ahead, but even accommodation, we booked it in February and so much of it was, was gone. I think, you know, across the different websites, things were publishing that there was, you know, 80, 90% of the, the availability, uh, was, was gone. So you have to really book really early. I think that's one other thing I'll add. You have to book early and you really have to sit down and spend some time dedicated to going through. So you make sure that you cover all the grounds. Definitely. Slightly saying that your way, slightly saying that your way is better than mine, but that's okay. Oh, no, 
Okay, you were saying sit down and make sure the timelines match. Look, I will say if you want to get things affordable and you want to make sure to get what you what you're after, you have to book early. Not even for this trip, but I will say I booked last year. I booked Greece and see I booked Greece and then uh oh, and I booked France. Uh, in Paris. The good thing is Paris, nobody goes to Paris in August. So there was plenty of accommodation available, such a wide range, many different budgets. Amazing. Greece, on the other hand, booked it three months in advance. Hardly anything was available. Similar thing. The only things that were available were, you know, 2000 plus dollar nights, which of course those are available because, you know, the, the price is pretty, pretty exorbitant. So I'm not saying anything other than the logistics and the accommodation piece. Really book it in advance and everything else. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, we'll take it from her. She's very good at organizing trips and uh, I'm just here for the ride. But uh, thanks for having me on. And yeah, this has been a good chat. Yeah. Thanks so much, Hugh. Stay tuned. We will have more episodes coming out on the different parts of our trip. We'll have them coming out soon. We won't do them all consecutive and back-to-back. Otherwise, you'll be overloaded with Lily content, but you will be hearing more of Hugh. So hopefully you all are enjoying this this lovely Englishman's accent on, on the podcast and his insights that he has to offer us on travel. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to the next time. Yeah, it should be really exciting. Thanks so much, Hugh. And thanks everyone for joining us today. Really appreciate it. If you enjoyed listening today, please hit the review button and rate us and review us and we can't wait to see you here next thursday thanks so much bye everyone